Welcome to the Guides Gone Wild podcast. What is Guides Gone Wild, you ask? This is where you'll fill your ears and minds with the stories of everyday, extraordinary women who will inspire you to take your outdoor adventure game to the next level. Whether you're starting your journey from the couch or the trailhead, this is the place for you, so let's get a little wild. Welcome back to the Guides Gone Wild podcast. I can't believe we've already made it this far. I hope you're enjoying this wild ride as much as I have been. Today, I'm trying something a little bit different. I'm calling it Real Women, Real Adventures, which I'm hoping will become some kind of recurring segment or theme for some of the episodes going forward. As I've been getting more into this, I've realized that when I personally am thinking about trying new things, before I seek out an official guide to help me, I'd probably be asking around to see if anyone I knew had done it or knew anyone else who had so I could ask them about their experience or get specific tips. Kind of like Adventure Yelp, but without all the anonymous trolls. Anyway, today I'm talking to Michaela Clark. I joke at the beginning that we're not related-ish because my last name is also Clark, but without the E. But Michaela is my husband's cousin's daughter, if you follow that. So I guess we are kind of related. Anyway, she'll probably kill me for saying this, but in the 15 or so years that I've known her, I've watched Michaela grow from a kid who basically ate five foods and had to be begged to go tubing to an adult who willingly works on organic farms and has hiked both the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail by herself. She gives me hope that my own girls will someday stop rolling their eyes and complaining every time I suggest they come outside and join me on an adventure, right? A girl can dream. Anyway, I could probably talk to Michaela for about a week about her adventures, but for this episode, we're going to dive into a few specific things, doing long-distance, long-term hiking as a solo female, and handling the unique hygiene challenges that come along with being on the trail, because those are things that I always worry about when I think about backpacking by myself, and it's my podcast, so I'm selfishly asking those questions. But seriously, I guess I'm thinking I'm not the only person who is out there wondering about these things. So without further ado, let's hit the pit with Michaela Clark. Okay, Michaela, we're here. You're going to... Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Guides Come Wild podcast with uh, <laughs> my special guest, Michaela Clark. No relation kind of-ish to Jennifer, <laughs> your host. Um, <laughs> but... I have invited Michaela on to talk to us um, because she is a regular, normal person who has done now both the AT and the PCT and and successfully and really has some has shown some interesting pictures and told some interesting stories about it. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to poke at maybe what some of the challenges are to that type of thing, because to me... Uh, even above and beyond the crazy logistics and planning required to do any of those initiatives. Um, I mean, I, I can't even wrap my brain around going backpacking for like three days in a row because I'm like, what am I going to do when I have to poop? And what if it rains five days in a row? And like, I just can't even wrap my head around any of that. And you not only wrapped your head around it, but you know, I would assume more or less planned for it, had some surprises along the way and, and survived and came out the backside looking as good as ever. So I wanted to, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. So tell me, I guess, first, um, because you in both cases, um, did not start the trail necessarily with anyone else specific, correct? And, mm -hmm. and just kind of, you just did this by yourself. So what, 
like, tell me about that whole process of what's that like and what's maybe, if you can think back, if you can remember a time, were you ever nervous about that or I'm sure your family was nervous about that. So talk to me a little bit about that uh, evolution. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely a little nervous about it. Um, When I originally was planning the Appalachian Trail, I planned it alongside my sister thinking like, oh, this would be a really amazing thing to experience with with her. Um, And uh, like at some point in the planning process, she realized that it really wasn't something for her. Um, It wasn't really a life goal or something she thought she would really get a lot out of. Um, And at that point I knew that I really, really wanted to do it. Um, And I talked to a few close friends about it um, and just like was really inspired by them and their stories. Um, So you knew some people who had done it at that point. I did, yes, yeah. Uh And then I lived really close to it while I was at, um, I lived at Pinkham Notch in uh, the White Mountains. So that was like a lot of exposure as well. Um, Just like living literally like on a trail, not through the summer, but later on in the summer I did I was also nearby and I, I ran into a couple of through hikers at that point. I think those were the first like through hikers I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just knew that I had a love for being outside and I just, I don't know, I kind of had a feeling in the back of my head that it was something that I was supposed to be doing and that I, I would really, you know, that I, I needed that kind of direction um, and like purpose in my life too. So yeah, I think that's yeah. probably um, a fairly common uh, motivator, I would say, just just kind of feel yeah. like this, there's a goal that needs to be met. So were you concerned at all being a female? Um, like, how did, did you, did you worry at all about that? Did you even think about that to just go <laughs> out and just say, oh, wow, I'm going to spend like four or five, six months by myself, maybe in the woods? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I definitely thought about that. I, th- I continue to think about it all the time um, because it is a male-dominated uh, culture and section of the world. Um, and it was definitely the most male-dominated environment I've been in like up until that point. Um, so that was all new. Like I think when I did the AT, I was so young. I was like, oh, this is exciting. And like, I'm meeting so many different people. And like, um, you know, I never really felt like I was going into town alone or like trying to stay somewhere alone so that that had a big impact on me and then also just um like the trust that I had for my hiking companions was always there um and I feel like I was really lucky in the people that I met along the way um and I know that like I have friends who have had less safe encounters or what some like a situation where they might have felt a little more uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, and that only usually happens if yeah like say you're going into town um, maybe you're like hitchhiking alone um, or like even just some towns like walking around I would be aware of like the fact that if I if I was alone um, just not feeling as comfortable as I would if I was like with a bigger group of hikers um just because a lot of the towns are super rural and like just you don't know anybody there Um, right 
Well, yeah. I would, and I would imagine in putting kind of the pessimist view on things, uh, I would say probably most of those towns, they know you're a hiker and they know what you're doing yeah. and they know you're by yourself. And I would think that that uh-huh. kind of enhances your feeling of vulnerability, whether it's well-placed or not. Um, I can totally yeah. see kind of getting a little sketched by that. So it sounds like though you fell in with people that you were comfortable with and how long did that take and kind of what, you know, was that a fairly natural thing for you or do you feel like you got lucky or did you have certain criteria of like, I'm only sharing a lean to with X, Y, Z person? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, the lean to thing is sometimes unavoidable because like you never know who's going to be <laughs> yeah. in the, the shelter that you want to stay at uh, on the, on the AT. On the PCC, it's so different because there's no shelters like that. Um, you can really like camp wherever there's a designated like a spot that people camp before um but yeah I think that I kind of got lucky but also it is becoming such a like more populated thing for people to do in their 20s that um it's kind of hard to not run into people if you like you know like if you want to make friends out there and you're like actively seeking it out you can definitely find a trail family um so to say and it actually it does happen a lot faster out on trail than like anywhere else I've experienced in my life um it's just a specific environment that lends itself to yeah like forming really strong bonds with people really really quickly um and for whatever reason I mean I I know people that have many different theories on it but um I, one friend told me that thinks it's kind of, it's kind of almost like in our nature to want to to have like a group, um, just like as humans, I think especially like in the outdoors where we're like supposedly less safe or like feeling less safe than like in our house at home, like in our bed, um, you want that even more. So it is totally there for you if you want it to be there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then now I'm going to play devil's advocate again. So what <laughs> it, did you ever have a situation where, you know, cause I think this could, I could very easily see this happening. You uh-huh. fall in with somebody and you're like, okay, and this person's pretty cool. And, but then like mm-hmm. the days go by and it's probably like a bad marriage where you just, <laughs> just this one thing that just starts bugging the ever loving crap on <laughs> the person, or they just like yeah. start, you know, they're on their best behavior when they first meet you. And then all of a sudden, yeah it gets real and you're like, oh my gosh, how do I lose this person? Because then I would think that could be difficult too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can speak from personal experience. Um, (laughs) I had basically the exact same thing you're you're describing happen. Um, But I hiked with um, a a guy for a long time for like, um, basically we got injured at the same time. So we got off trail at the same time and then got back on trail together and kind of had lost I'd lost my trail family I'd lost like everybody it felt like um and so I was like okay like let's hike together you're cool and like we're you know like similar minded mindset um and it was like it was a solid okay um experience but it kind of (laughs) like similar to what you said it just kind of like went down um and like luckily we started hiking with some other people that we liked and like and then I was like oh gosh I gotta get out of this like full on I need to like hike ahead (laughs) um and I tried hiking ahead 
it didn't work either. Um, so eventually I basically, I just had to like tell this person, like, we gotta, yeah. It. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's over. <laughs> I was just thinking about that because, uh, uh, I don't know, like a year and a half ago, I did the ball face circle trail down the road here. And it was mm -hmm. one of those situations where I was by myself and, you know, but, mm -hmm. and there weren't even that many people on the trail, but there were these three people who were hiking together who were so effing obnoxious and they and I couldn't and they they were really loud and they were having the stupidest conversations uh, and it didn't matter like how fast I went or how slow I went like I just yeah. couldn't get out of their like audio aura and it was yeah. bumming me out because I'm like this is so uh, beautiful and there's no oh one on this trail except for me and these assholes that I can't lose them it's awful so I can't so take that and multiply it by like six months oh, yeah. I can't even imagine what blow my brain's out but oh, I yeah, there are many yeah. strategies I would would have gotten more creative if I knew I wasn't only going like nine miles so right. oh, anyway all right well that's yeah that's kind of what I was thinking so yeah. then you know let's talk about um so you fall in with some folks and you know you feel mm -hmm. like you're pretty well supported along the way which is awesome um yeah but like yeah tell me about that whole I mean you do at some point unless you want to just walk a bajillion extra miles I mean you do wind up you know hitching rides and kind mm -hmm. of taking chances the whole way I would think right yeah yeah so, definitely yeah now, what do you what did um I should ask what did what did your family insist that you bring for safety purposes and then did you uh, wind up jettisoning it all like within 10 minutes on the trail or <laughs> tell me about that oh my <laughs> I won't tell your mom I promise <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that um I mean there <laughs> there were a lot of my mom was more concerned about me being warm um she always thinks that I'm freezing at night so she would always be like you need more layers you need like a <laughs> bag liner and your your puffy socks and like your down booties um which You're like mom I gotta carry yeah, this were, stuff like nine thousand yeah, states like, for a little while and then, then I was like okay I gotta send this home um don't send it back to me <laughs> yeah um yeah there was there was that stuff but then um on both my hikes I, I brought a I carried a spot tracker with me a spot Jen um and both times I resisted and gave in to carrying um I don't know it's less than a pound but still <laughs> yeah that's but yeah I, I would say anything over a couple uh, ounces I would imagine you feel over the long haul but did, did it make yeah. you feel um better being out there with it or um sometimes yeah it it was kind of like a a little reminder that that they were following along where I was and just like knowing where I was um that was really that was definitely a comfort um because, I mean, I didn't, I don't get homesick necessarily, but, like, I, I miss the people um, that make up home, home. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was, that was really, sometimes even when I go on day hikes now, I, like, I think about, I'm like, oh, well, at least they know exactly where I am right now. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm not, I don't have <laughs> the spot. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> no one knows where I am. No one knows where I am. Oh, gosh. Except Steve Jobs. Yeah. And no, no, not just Steve Jobs, but yeah, whoever, you know, whoever made your phone that's in your pocket probably when you go. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's interesting. And so did you have any prearranged, I, I would assume that there was, 
you know, prearranged communications and things like that, that people were expecting to hear from you. And it's probably part of the safety plan that any hiker will put into place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like, I would always try to text or call uh, my mom when I was in town. Yeah. Just for logistics in terms of like sending boxes and stuff, but mm-hmm. also yeah, to, to let her know that like, okay, I got through this section and like, it was hard, but I'm alive and I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. Just All right. Checking. Well, my other two things I wanted to talk to you about tonight were, um, yes, the hygiene situation. So, you know, I've been very strategic in never really leaving the house for longer than I couldn't manage to, you know, at least find a <laughs> pre-established pit toilet in which to go to the bathroom um, significantly. Yeah. So there's that. And then I have also always kind of like been like, oh, I hope I don't get my period while I'm hiking because I just don't even want to deal with that either. And, you know, you really can't change your plans when you're, you know, a bajillion miles from home and you got to kind of plan for that. So I guess tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, both good questions. Yeah, very, very. I mean, I was worried about the same things. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first question, um, pooping in the woods. It's it's actually, for me, a much more pleasant experience now. Having, like, if it's not raining, it hasn't Practice been raining made perfect. for days and days. Yeah. Like, it is a lovely thing to come from. And also, if the ground is, like if you're not digging through roots. Um, but I recently for my latest hike, I purchased the deuce of spades. It's this lovely little travel towel, a uh, trowel. It's very thin. So it's super light. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a little shovel. So that drastically increases the happiness levels for. Yeah. What were you happiness. digging? What did you dig within the trail? Did you have like a, a collapsible shovel or something? Before that, what yeah. did I have? Like, yeah, what would you um, use? <laughs> a, like sticks. Oh Actually, my god! Tent stakes. Tent stakes are really good too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, but also, there's a lot more privies on the AT than the PCT, so I kind of knew that I had to like break down and buy a buy a travel for that. Um, the deuce of spades. It's amazing. <laughs> See the summit. It's it's amazing that there. I mean, th- these kinds of things are like game changers. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, totally different experience. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you were carrying some sort of cleaning implementation products and your deuce yeah. of spades and or uh-huh. your tent stake. And what did <laughs> yeah. you do at those times when you couldn't leave your waste behind in any way, shape or form? Oh, like pack it out? Mm. Pack it out. I never had that actual experience happened to me um oh, I good. read about it I yeah. think it's mostly in um like winter camping or like um very specific desert environments mm-hmm. and they might honestly start making people do that in the desert section of the PCT but currently that's not uh regulation like you don't you never have to do that you have to pack out like your TP or like baby wipes or whatever yeah wiping with yeah but you can always um yeah you can always bury it that's good yeah so like menstruation products yeah how do you handle that so that's yeah well did you coordinate so that you wouldn't have to be bothered with it or because I would imagine that is a strategy (laughs) it's definitely a strategy I know people that have done that yeah um 
any sort of like birth control that basically stops that. Um, or so what I love and I like transfer this into my normal life too. Um, I use the diva cup Mm -hmm. and I love it. It's incredible. It's really life changing. Um, like I have a whole nother attitude towards my period now that I have that. Um, so it's still not, you know, you still have to be okay with like being up close and personal with everything going on with your body. Um, but I don't know. I kind of appreciate that too, because it's really easy to not be. Um, and I just feel like it is, I don't know. like I could go like way into this (laughs) (laughs) I just always hated tampons before that anyway so I was yeah yeah it's done I'm like don't have to worry yeah I've heard I've definitely heard that um yeah before so and how did you find being on the trail how did it impact your body like that like I would imagine once you yeah you know that there was probably a huge transition in all ways shape and form you know Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people, a lot of people don't even get their period because you're exercising so much um, mm-hmm. or it just like becomes much lesser. But yeah, women's bodies, I mean, women and men have totally different things happen too. Like a lot of men at the end of the trail are like lose a lot more weight than women um, because their bodies are made so that they can lose that much weight. But yeah. um, like women's bodies mostly just become like really, really toned. And, and like we don't lose as much weight so like I end up weighing about the same that I normally do because I've gained all that muscle and I've lost like a little bit of fat but really not that much um right. yeah yeah I mean it depends on the person too yeah of course but how did you feel I mean I assume obviously the physical piece of it takes a little getting used to and you know getting beaten up and mm-hmm. especially on the east coast with all the rocks and all that stuff but like otherwise <laughs> you know, kind of just, I guess, from a 20,000 foot level, what were some significant kind of changes that you kind of noticed about yourself, whether it's like your mental state or your physical state or just the way you felt in general? I'm just curious what that would do to you. I'm sure it differs from person to person. Right. I think, I mean, the most drastic one for me was always the physical, just because like your body becomes a machine, it's what you do all day, every day. Um, and like, I have never seen my body like that before. <laughs> like yeah. the good and the bad, like all the muscle that I build up, but then also everything else that's breaking down at the same time, all the like chafing, the blisters, the sores, just like. it. I would imagine unless you've done a lot of that type of activity before <laughs> that kind of understanding what, what your mm-hmm. feedback loop needs to look like would be mm-hmm. a little challenging like okay do I hurt this badly because right. I'm hurt or do I hurt this yeah. badly because I'm <laughs> break you know breaking down and building up and getting better and like at what point you know uh-huh. and and I I do know yeah. that you struggled with that a little bit toward the end of the trail the first the AT the first time you tried just like getting oh, to yeah. the point where you had an injury where it just had to you had to stop um mm-hmm. which yeah you know we can talk about that another time but right. I would imagine that would be quite the transition so Interesting. All right. My last two questions tonight. First, I'm coming back to this whole raining thing because you mentioned it about pooping too. I hadn't even thought about the impact of like super wet, soggy ground (laughs) pouring rain when you need to poop. I'm like, oh my God, I mean, I'm even more traumatized than I was before. (laughs) What, you know, like, what did you do the first time it rained like a billion days in a row and you just were not dry? How long did it take for that to happen? (laughs) 
it usually takes, I mean, it's a lot faster than you, you think. Um, cause it's like, cause it probably doesn't take that pouring rain. It's just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So as soon as it pours like all night and then doesn't get sunny enough the next day for all your stuff to be, you know, by night too, if everything's still wet, it's like, there's no, almost no going back unless if you see some sun again, um, which is very <laughs> minimal on that AT. Oh uh, yeah. There's been, that's definitely some of my hardest times on trail where when it just rained and rained and rained and it really like gets you down physically, mentally, like mostly mentally. Um, and that's a huge battle that you just have to like use the people around you or like dig deep emotionally. Yeah find something that they can motivate you to keep going. Or, well, I would imagine uh, it gets more dangerous maybe than you expect it to be in the, like in the warmer yeah. weather, you know, when you're not necessarily as clued into like hypothermia and things like that, that, I mean, just being mm-hmm. wet for a long period of time can definitely yeah. mess you up. So yeah. Well, it can be scary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm always terrified of, of the cold wet. That's like my worst nightmare. I'm like, it can snow all at once, but if it's like rainy and cold, that's yeah. Yeah. It gets a little real, really fast. I bet. All right. And then my last question I'll ask this time is like, uh, maybe it's the deuce of spades. I don't know, but what is your favorite piece of gear that costs less than 50 bucks? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like (laughs) I think, um, Oh, I hate this question. (laughs) Okay. No, I know. I know what it is. Okay. My Cedar Summit pillow that I got, I got a blow up pillow and it changed my life. Totally. Cedar Summit pillow. That's a a good one. Totally my luxury item. Um, I love it. And I was like, you know what? I'm fine. I can just use my, you know, my puffy. I can just ball it up. It's, It's great like I wake up and my eyes are puffy every morning yeah I haven't slept half the night (laughs) so did you get did you um when did you buy that was it during one of your trips or in between the two or or the two trails yeah um yeah whole AT I didn't have one so I got it for the PCT I was like I gotta do it the first morning you wake up you're like oh my god where have you been all my life Uh, right yeah oh yeah I was like never giving you up ever again (laughs) so all right awesome well the seat is on a pillow so we'll we will end on that but we are gonna we're gonna talk to you again because I do want to hear more about both of these trips and um they're just so impressive and such crazy undertakings but yet you did them and here you are sitting there Friend of me looking as good as ever. So I obviously did not, uh, didn't, you're no worse for the wear for sure. So I want to hear right. more about that. <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much, Michaela. It's been fun chatting. We'll do this again soon. All righty. Bye. So what did you all think of that conversation? Is it useful, interesting at all? I hope you'll send me some feedback at guides gone wild podcast at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on our Instagram or our Facebook page. I want to keep making this podcast more useful and interesting for you. So if you have any other ideas of women you'd like to hear from or topics you'd like us to cover, I hope you'll let me know. Special thanks goes out once again to Evans Notch Lodge in Gilead, Maine, where I recorded this and several other episodes of Guides Gone Wild. Check out this vintage adventure base camp at the base of the White Mountain National Forest at evansnotchlodge.com.
Till next time, stop making excuses, grab your deuce of spades, get out there and get a little wild.